Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. Making the call. What we've learned so far is that the call of God is a call out of the darkness of sin and its depravity into the light of our fellowship with God, our Creator, through a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. So the call of God is both a call out of something and into something. But also, I want to point out today that when we use that whole term, making the call, what we often are referring to is a decision. And in reality, that call out of darkness, the darkness of sin, into the light of God's love and redemption, all of that requires a decision on our part. We have to make that call to come out of the darkness, to come into his light, to answer his call, to know him, to love him, to serve him, to live for him. All of that begins with a decision. And decisions are hard. Am I the only person in this room that feels that way? Decisions are tough, man, and every day we have decisions to make. I know one of the decisions that is most troubling for Donna and I is where to eat. We are at that stage of life where we eat out often, and you know what I'm saying, man. It always comes down to we're getting ready to go where we're going, and I look at her and go, where you want to eat? I don't know where you want to eat, and it's back and forth, and somebody's got to make a decision, right? Decisions are tough, man. They're hard. Now, I always love to open up my message with something funny. And uh, I gotta let you know, man, I scoured the internet this week trying to find a good decision joke, a joke about decisions, and they just don't exist. Here's the best one I found, you ready? Why is Arnold Schwarzenegger the very best decision maker of all times? Anybody wanna guess? Because he's the determinator. That's bad, man. Come on, that's a groaner. Why did you just groan with me over that? I mean, that's not even dad joke bad. That's like just bad, bad. But that's the best I could come up with. And then I made the decision to tell it, which was probably the wrong decision, right? Decisions are hard, man. Decisions are so tough. Here's the reality. Once we understand that the call of God is a call out of darkness, out of the darkness of sin, and into the light of salvation, we have to make the call. My question for all of you here today, all of you joining us online is, have you made that call? Have you made the call to come out of that darkness? Have you made the call to enter the light of, of God's love and God's redemption? You know, uh, in Joshua chapter 24, uh, this leader of Israel stands before all of God's chosen people. And he calls on them to make a decision. The generation before them had made their decision and it left them in a wilderness wandering. And so now Joshua steps up to begin to lead God's people and he calls this new generation of Israelites to make the decision to follow the call, to make the decision to enter God's promised land. Here's what he says in Joshua 24, verse 15. He said, if it is unpleasing in your sight to serve the Lord, then choose for yourself this day whom will you serve? And that challenge 
is still before us today after all of these centuries, even millennia. We, we are here today in, in, in our moment of time with that same choice to make. I love the way Joel puts it in the Old Testament book that bears his name, Joel chapter three and verse 14. He says, thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. There the day of the Lord will soon arrive. Can I ask you a question? Are you in that valley? Are you in that valley, that in-between place, that, that place between the darkness you've known and the light you could know? Are you in that valley of decision? God would call on you once again this moment to make that choice, to choose you this day to serve the Lord. Years and years ago when Donna and I first started out in ministry, we were youth pastors and I was serving on a volunteer basis at my dad's church there in Washita Parish. We had a number of, of students that we would pick up every Wednesday in the church bus to bring them to church. We'd wrapped up a great service one Wednesday night and uh, I got out in the bus to go run these uh, teenagers home that, that I had picked up earlier that day. And we had just got out on Highway 80 that runs east and west there in, in North Louisiana. We just got out on Highway 80 and we'd just gone just a couple of miles down the road when we came up on a horrendous wreck that had just occurred. I told the students to stay on the bus and then I got down to see how everybody was and we were the first ones there that arrived after this accident. It happened when I got to the first car, the man who looked to be responsible for the accident and was three sheets to the wind drunk had already got out of his car with practically not a scratch on him. But I could tell by looking at the other car that that probably wasn't gonna be the case for them. And sure enough, when I got there, both of the passengers in the car, one in the back seat, one in the front seat, seemed to me as though they were dead. There was another passenger, a girl, a young girl, that was actually hanging out of the car. Her legs were still in the, uh, the front of, of the car on the passenger side, but the rest of her body was laid out on, on the road. She was covered in blood, but she was alive, obviously in shock. She was actually staring at her friend who had been driving who was slumped over the steering wheel on, uh, leaning on that side of the car. And this girl could see her face and could see that she probably was dead. I went and I immediately began to try to calm this young girl down. She was in hysterics. And I let her know, I said, listen, I'm a, a youth pastor. And I said, would you let me pray with you? We're, we're, we're gonna get somebody to call 911, but would you let me pray with you? And she immediately began to beg me, please, please pray with me. Please, please pray with me. It's funny where your mind goes in moments like that. My mind Im immediately went to the number of students leading up to that point that I had talked to about Jesus through the years, the number of students that I had, that I had shared the gospel with, and I'd given an invitation to those students to accept Christ. And my mind immediately went to how one after the other through the years, they had either laughed at me and mocked me or, or had gotten angry with me and walked away and refused Jesus, young person after young person after young person. And yet, Here's someone begging, 
begging to pray that prayer, begging to call on God. She was in a valley of decision. I wonder if you're there today. Again, God's call to all of us in that valley of decision, no matter what that valley looks like for you, is to make that choice, to make that call to serve the Lord, to give your heart to Jesus. Now, here's the good news. God is committed to helping us make the call. Can somebody say thank God for that? He's committed to helping us make the call. What you need to understand is you coming to that decision wasn't something of your own making. It wasn't something of your own doing. God brought you to that decision. It's only by the grace of God you arrived there. It's only because God was merciful to you and me that we came to the point where we could make that decision. I think it would be appropriate if we just stopped and thanked God for bringing us to that place where we could make a decision to follow him. Here's the way Jesus puts it in John chapter 6 and verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. If you're there at that point of decision, it's because God has drawn you there. God in his mercy and his grace has brought you to that point. And, and the other thing that I feel like it's so important for us to recognize, for those that are in that valley of decision and, and those that have already made the decision, to make the call to serve God, I think it's so important that I point out that this one decision affects every other decision. I already mentioned the fact that we make decisions every day. We make decisions like, hey, where am I gonna go to school? What, what's gonna be my career path? We make decisions like, who am I gonna marry? Are we going to have children? Where are we gonna live? We make all these decisions, but this one most important of all decisions that we make to follow Jesus affects all the rest. All of those decisions will be affected by this one choice, this one call you make to serve the Lord because he will help you with those decisions. Have you found that to be true? Come on, followers of Jesus. Have you found that to be true? I have. He's helped me with every decision I've ever made since I made that decision to follow him. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Make that decision. Make that call. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. In other words, if you make the call, he'll help you make the call. If you make the ultimate call to come out of the darkness of your sin, to live in the light of his love and grace and redemption, then every other decision that you are faced with in your life, God will be there to help you make that call. So let me just unpack that thought with you for just a moment because we have tons of people that are joining us today either in person or online that have already made the decision, they've made the call to follow Jesus, and now your decision is a choice that could have just unbelievable consequence. And you need God to guide you in that, in that call you're getting ready to make. And I, and I wanna just unpack that with you. Before we allow those that are in a valley of decision with the ultimate choice of serving the Lord, 
to make that choice today, let me first just talk to the believers in the room about how to make the call you're getting ready to make. Number one, I want you to consider what God's word declares. What has God said about the choice that you're about to make? If there is something that God has specifically said about the decision you're making, that's where you start. You start with what God instructs you to do from his word. So for instance, if you're getting ready to get married, what you need to do is consider what God's word said about marriage. God said you are not to be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. So if the person you're thinking about marrying isn't serving the Lord, the choice has already been made for you. You can't do that. To do that would be to disobey God. Start with the word of God. If you're thinking about moving in with your boyfriend, both of you call yourself followers of Jesus, but you're considering moving in together without the benefit of holy matrimony, that choice has already been made for you. God calls that, he calls that sin. And so you can't make that choice and still please and honor God. So start with the Bible, start with what God's word declares. In John 1, verse one, the Gospel of St. John, chapter one, verse one, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, watch this, and the word was with God, and the word was God. You can't really have an alignment with God, a commitment to God, if you don't have a commitment to the word, if you're not aligned with what scripture teaches. So, so what are you saying, pastor? I'm saying, God will never lead you to cheat on your spouse. God will never lead you to lie to your mom. God will never lead you to steal from your job. These are things the scripture have, have, has absolutely made clear aren't God's will for us, right? So start with the Bible. Number two, listen to what the Spirit is saying. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful that God has given us as followers of Jesus, his Holy Spirit to guide us. The way Jesus puts it in John 16, verse 13, is when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now he does that through what I refer to as the, as the inward witness. There will be a witness internally. There'll be a witness in your heart where you know what you're supposed to do. You know the decision that you're supposed to make. So for instance, if I were to ask you today, as followers of Christ, if I were to ask you, are you saved? Are you right with God? If you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, you would immediately say, yes, I am. And if I followed that question with this question, how do you know? You'd answer two ways. Number one, I've got God's promise on it. He said, call on the Lord and, and, and you'll be saved. Believe in the Lord, call on the Lord, you'll be saved. I have his promise on it. I'm aligned with his word. Secondly, you have an inward witness. Romans says, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the sons of God. You just know, right? You know, you know you've changed. You know you're different. You know you have that right standing with God. It works the same way with every other decision that you make, there will be a knowing about that decision, an inward witness to do something or not to do something. Uh, here's what God instructs us as the followers of Jesus. In Matthew chapter five and verse 37, Jesus said, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Look at me, everybody look at me. Can I tell you, God will never command you to do something he's not willing to do himself. 
And he told you to let his yes be, to let your yes be yes and your no be no. You can expect the same from him. When you're going to him with a decision, you can expect God's yes to be yes and his no to be no. The only other direction God may possibly give you is a wait, where it's not time to say yes or no. And those are the moments where we just trust God. So you wanna look to the word of God and align yourself with it. You want to uh, listen to what the spirit is saying. Listen for that inward witness, that yes or that no or that wait. And then number three, you wanna seek out trusted advisors. And I hope that you have them. I hope that you have people that can speak into your life, people that are a little further along than you are. They've been at this longer than you have. They know how to hear from God. They're, they have a vested interest in your life. They pray for you and they have the wisdom of God. You know that they have a strong prayer life. Those are the kind of people you need advising you in your decisions. So, so the way I make every decision is, what does God's word say? What is the spirit saying to me? And then I get some good counsel as kind of a collaboration between those God has put in my life to uh, mentor me and, 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 and to give me good, solid counsel. I love getting, you know, that collaboration of of their instruction with what I've already felt in my spirit. It, it will be an added witness to the decision that I'm making. And I strongly, strongly encourage you to do that. Proverbs 12 verse 15 says, fools think they know what's best, but a sensible person listens to advice. And so we need those people advising us. And then the last thing that I would say in this process, if you're in the midst of making a decision, you've already made the ultimate one to follow the Lord, and now you've got an important decision to make. What does God's word say about it? What's the spirit saying? Have you got advisors that are counseling you? And then number four, I wanna encourage you to pay attention to God's favor. Pay attention to God's favor. In other words, what is God blessing right now? So often, our prayer life is made up of these appeals we make to God to bless something that we're doing. We've already made a decision, and we just want God to bless that decision. Can I challenge you today? Don't ask God to bless what you're doing. Do what God is blessing. Look for the favor of God and where God's favor is resting and then take that up to the glory of God. There's an interesting passage along these lines that was eye-opening to me years ago when I discovered it. It's in Zechariah chapter 11, verse 10. God's speaking through the prophet Zechariah and he's speaking in first person to his people and he says, I took my staff called favor and broke it revoking the covenant I'd made with all the nations. Now we read that and it sounds a little bit negative. It sounds like, man, you know, God's punishing his people by breaking any favor that was once on their life. And we miss the whole point of what he's saying there. What is he saying? He's saying his staff is called favor. You, you know what a staff is? God is a shepherd. Remember Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, remember that? God is a shepherd, so he has a shepherd's staff. What does a shepherd use a staff for? He uses a staff to get his sheep back online, to get them headed in the direction they're supposed to go. What is the staff the heavenly shepherd uses to get us on the right path? Favor. Find what God is blessing and commit yourself to it. That's how you make the call. Now, I've got one more thing to kind of unpack here today with you. And that is, uh, it is a challenge 
that all of us as believers will make the call to support the call. Now, now stick with me. We gotta make the call to support the call. The call of God is what? It's a call out of darkness into the light of God's love, the light of salvation. It's a call out of the darkness of sin into the light of salvation. I wanna support that call. I made that call myself 40, uh, 39 years ago. I made that call. Now I wanna help everybody else I can make that call. I wanna support the call of God that is bringing people out of the darkness of their sin into the light of his love. Do you wanna do that? Do you wanna see your friends come out of darkness? Do you wanna see your family know the light of God's redemption? Do you wanna, know, do you wanna see your coworkers and your neighbors? Uh, do you wanna see them saved and set free, do you? Then, then we need to support that call. And what I wanna do right now is, is let, let me just read Isaiah six, verse eight. Uh, Isaiah six, verse eight says, then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here I am, send me. God is saying, listen, I've, a, I've got a call that brings people out of darkness into the light of salvation. Who can I send with that message? And Isaiah says, here I am. Here I am, send me. I want to make the call to support the call. And today, we should do the same. What can we do to help people follow the call of God out of their darkness into his light? Listen, I wanna answer that question with a little time that I have remaining. How do we support the call of God? Number one, share your story and share the gospel. Every one of you as followers of Jesus have a story about how you once existed in darkness and now you live in his light. Tell that story. Tell everyone you can about what God has done for you, how God has saved you. Listen, share your story and then share the gospel. The term gospel, you know this, right? It just means good news. What is the good news? You've been called out of darkness into the light of salvation. Share that good news. Let everybody know what he did for me. Guess what? He can do for you. I've seen him do it for so many people. He's called them out of their darkness, every form of darkness you can imagine. He's called them out. He's saved them. He's rescued them. He's delivered them. And he can do the same for you. We got to let them know. Mark's gospel. Mark's gospel, chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And many of you read that and you go, yeah, Jeff, do that. Do that, Jeff. But that's not just Jeff's call. That's every one of us that share the responsibility to go in. Your world is where you work. Your world is where you live. Your world is the people you're around. And they are are the ones that God wants you to share your story with and share the gospel with. Number two, invite people to accept Christ. It's very simple. Just bring them to that decision. Just like you see me do here every Sunday, you don't have to clap your hands. You don't have to do that thing. That would be weird, really, at Starbucks. But listen, you can bring them to that decision just like I do people 
at church here every Sunday, where after you've shared your story and you've shared the good news, you just simply look at them and go, would you wanna accept Christ? Would you wanna pray to receive Jesus into your heart? You can do that right there at the job. You can do that in your neighborhood. You can do that at the Little League game. You can do that anywhere, and that's what we should do. We should invite people to accept Christ. Romans 10 verse 14 says, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless they've heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Listen to me, those of you online, those of you joining us here today, you are that someone. You're that someone God wants to use to tell them. We often use what I call the Romans road. Romans 3.23 said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners, every one of us. We're in the same boat. We're sinners and we need a savior. Romans 6.23 says, the price of that sin is death. And in the Bible, death means separation from God for all eternity. And so I'll show them those passages and then I'll take them to Romans 5 and verse 8 where it says God demonstrated his love for sinners in this while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then I'll take them right on down Romans road to Romans 13 and I'll show them in verse 9 and 10 where God said if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth he's Lord of your life to the glory of God, you will be saved. One more little trip down the road, Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You have that marked in your Bible and ready to show them, lead them right down that road and then give them the invitation to accept Jesus. Pray a prayer with them similar to the one that I pray with literally hundreds and hundreds of people every year right here in the services you attend. Hey God, I'm calling on you today in the name of Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from God. I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again through faith in Jesus. I believe my life can change. Come on, you know the drill. (laughs) You pray that with me every week as dozens of people each week give their hearts to Jesus. Can I tell you, that can happen on your street as easy as it can happen at 150 Verona Drive. Listen to me. God wants to use you in a mighty way. Hey, if you need any of that information, just hit me up on email, social media. I'll share that with you, and you can begin to invite people to accept Christ. Number three, invite people to church. You know we're going to give people a chance to get saved. We do it every week. It could be your friend, your neighbor. Matt's already mentioned 75% of the people polled in a recent survey said even though they don't go to church, they would go if someone invited them. You know what it tells me? It tells me we're not doing our job. We gotta get out, we gotta invite people. He's already mentioned, we have these bundles of invites to our Easter services. And uh, we're gonna have Easter services on Saturday and Sunday of Easter weekend that you can invite your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers to. You can get them here and see God move in their life. So invite people to church. I love Luke 14, verse 23, where the Lord says to his servants, go into the highways and hedges, compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Let's do that. But let's not just do it on Easter and on Christmas, let's do it all year long. Let's compel people to come to the house of the Lord where they're gonna be given an opportunity to come out of darkness, to make the call to know the light of salvation. Number four, be faithful with your tithes and offerings. 
Because your tithes and offerings support our opportunity to do what we do to reach people here in Acadiana and all over the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the tithe? It's the first 10% of everything God brings into my possession. The first 10% of everything God gives me belongs to him. He said it's his and he said it's holy. And he's instructed me to use it to support the local church. In Malachi chapter three, he said, do this that there might be meat in my father's house. Now Jesus in the New Testament said his meat was to do the will of the father. So your tithe supports the will of the father happening through a local church like this one. So we can reach people here and around the world. I wanna challenge you today, if you're not a tither, to become one. In fact, in your seat back in front of you, we've um, put these together, and you can reach right now into that seat back in front of you and grab one. It's a 90-day tithe challenge. In the passage I mentioned in Malachi chapter three, God actually encourages us to test him. So I'm gonna give you a chance to test the Lord with the tithe. For the next 90 days, I challenge you, I dare you, I double dog dare to begin to honor God with the first 10% of everything God gives you as income, give it back to the Lord by supporting the local church and watch how God will bless you. And here's the challenge. If God doesn't bless you in those 90 days, come see me, I'll refund everything you've given. It's just how much I believe in what God is capable of doing. He wants to show up in your life in mighty ways and sometimes all he's waiting on you to do is get obedient in the practice of the tithe. I'll talk about that more here in just a minute. But I wanna encourage you to make the call to support the call. The last thing that you're gonna do to make that call, to support that call is pray, and I hope you are. I hope you're praying that God will use you, that God will use us, that God will use our church. I hope you're praying. Matthew 9 verse 38 says, pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Jesus said, I want you to pray that more and more people will support the call. Can, can, you, can you see what's happening here? I hope you're following this. I, I hope you're seeing this. In other words, we need to make the call to pray that people will make the call to support the call to come out of darkness into the light of God's salvation. We need to make that call. Have you made that call to pray faithfully? that people would make the call to support what God's doing through the local church. Here's how it happened in my life. My parents prayed for me. The only reason I'm saved today, the only reason I'm alive today is I had praying parents. And in response to my parents' prayers, God sent two guys where I was working to share the gospel with me. I didn't respond to them, but they made the call to tell me about Jesus. One of them handed me a cassette tape. Anybody old enough to remember cassette tapes? A cassette tape of an evangelist named Jesse Duplantis preaching an, an, just an amazing message. And I listened to that message. Somebody had made the call to support that evangelist's ministry so that he could get the message out, and I heard that message, and it stirred my heart. I didn't respond right away, but it took me one step closer. And then finally, I showed up at church on a Sunday morning where people who support the call made the call, and Donna and I that day stood to 
make a public profession of our faith in Jesus Christ. And we've been serving God ever since for 39 years now. And we've called thousands and thousands and thousands more out of their darkness into his marvelous light. Can you see? Hey, can you see? That's how it works. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Jeff Abels and I just wanted to take a minute to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been dealing with your heart as you've listened to this message and you feel like you just need to get right with God. If you have no real assurance that you are right with God, if you cannot honestly say you've been living for God and you know that needs to change, I wanna invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right now. You know, the Bible tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means God loves you and God's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on him. Why don't you call on him right now by praying a very simple prayer with me. I want you to repeat the words of this prayer after me. Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now In the name of Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from God. And I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again. Through faith in Jesus, I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, Come into my heart, forgive all my sin, and change my life. Be Lord of my life from this day forward. I don't live for me anymore or this world. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And I thank you right now, even as I pray, according to your promise, My sin is all forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, we would really love to know about it. We'd love to give you some next steps to get you started on your brand new journey of faith. What I'd love for you to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. And someone will connect with you to provide you with some resources that I think will help you greatly. Again, just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast today and God richly bless you is our prayer for you.